I'm Danny Hicks. Welcome to the Not-So-Secret Agent Podcast, where we learn from top real estate agents how they maintain a thriving business all while living the good life. Welcome to the show. I am here with Lee Barefoot and Liv Barefoot. Thank you guys so much for coming out. They drove all the way down to Richmond to do it in mm-hmm. studio, which is this is super exciting. We Thanks. We are so happy to be here. lunch afterwards. Right. <laughs> that is very true, and you're going to love where we're going. Because uh, I put way too much thought into that, by you the did. way. Yeah, because that's what I do. I mean, I don't know if you knew that about me. We're happy to be here. Um, yeah, totally appreciate it. Uh, so let's start out. Uh, Lee, what did you do before you got into real estate? Ooh. I was actually in telecommunications. I sold voice and data to large businesses, voice and data networks. Um, I was in that career for probably maybe eight years. Um, I was good at it. I didn't like it. It was high stress. Um, monthly quotas, you either hit them or you were way off your mark. But it was a lucrative career, but not um, not ideal for me. Wasn't your calling then? Not at all. It was interesting. I actually bought and sold a house while I was in that career and um, pretty quickly realized she was having so much fun, my agent. You know, I was like, this is pretty great. So I kind of took a leap of faith and said, let's try it. I can do it for six months. For telecommunications and being a female in that industry, I could have always gone back, but I was like, you know what? Let me see how this pans out and I'll give it six months. And 20 years later, here I am. Never went back. A long six months, huh? A long six months, (laughs) yep. Very cool. Liv, what did you do? So I actually only worked in restaurants prior to um, getting into real estate because, I mean, I started when I was 19. So um, everything prior to that was restaurant business. Um, But it kind of helped me a lot because in the restaurant business, I mean, you're interacting with people every day and you're seeing every, you know, single type of person that there is out there and just talking to them and, you know, providing a good service, you know. Um, So, yeah, I think that it kind of helped me to, you know, only have that as my background. No, it definitely, uh, it gives you a bearing. Yeah. You, you have a touchstone to how real people act. Right. Uh, and then you're, then when we add real estate, then they're under stress and it gets even more fun. Right. You know, that sort of thing. Sometimes I definitely think that the restaurant is a little more stressful than real estate, which is crazy because real estate is, or real estate is very stressful, but restaurant business, um, I don't know. It gets scary. Yeah, no, I did a few shifts, a, a few tours. In, in that industry uh, through college. And actually, one of my biggest clients came from there. Really? Yeah. Uh, we do all of the uh, commercial leases for the Lepresti Group. Oh, wow. Who own pretty much every pizzeria in Richmond. Nice. Uh, and then they bought a bunch of houses and, you know, they're very into real estate. Yeah. Uh, and it's turned into their whole family tree. We have a joke where I'm like, they have one brother in Italy that I haven't sold a house to. Yeah. And I was like, when he comes on vacation, here's Get my plan. It. You know what Get I mean? I take it as a challenge. We actually knew pretty early on Liv was going to go into real estate. Um, <clears throat> hence the restaurants while she was in college. But right. She was five year old, five years old, I think, showing houses with me. Oh, yeah. And then um, my mom, and even in the Buffini system, but whenever someone gives you a referral, you you know, we'll give them, you know, a little gift card, just mm-hmm. send them a note and just say, hey, thanks for the referral. You know, we really appreciate you. You know, this is what our business is built off of. Um, but then I had heard it growing up, um, but I had a, a, a teacher in school and she was talking about selling her house. So, you know, first thing in my mind, I was like, you have to call my mom. You have to call my mom. You know, here's her phone number. Call her right now. You know, she'll do a great job. She'll sell your house, um, all this stuff. And I was maybe 
I was I was either um, probably middle school. I, I think. don't know, maybe fifth or sixth grade. Yeah, I got home for, with a phone call, and this lady was like, "Your daughter said I had to call you," and I'm like, "Which daughter?" And she said, "Liv." I'm like, "Oh, that baby's going into real estate." <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's funny. The biggest thing for me, I think, out of that is, um, you know, being as um, in the fifth or sixth grade. She gave me that Starbucks gift card. I was like, oh, I'm going to do this all the time. You know, I thought that that was huge. I was like, I got $10 to Starbucks. I mean, I'm telling every single person about her. I mean, I'm putting her name on walls. I'm doing everything because I got a $10 gift card. Um, She's in your referral. That's what you do. I was right. going to say, what is rewarded <laughs> is repeated, right? right? That's what they say. Yeah, so I definitely, um, after that, and it's just funny to goes to see just how much it works because after you know we had that experience and she did that and gave me that card she's like you earned this and I was like yes um I I, yeah but like I it was always in the back of my mind now like if I heard anything related to a house I was like I could get a gift card out of this you know so (laughs) (laughs) so you knew you were going in from the very very young age of fifth grade then well I think um I didn't know in the fifth grade that I was going into I think when I started she knew but I think when I started really getting uh serious about it was when I was in high school and like just looking at different career paths that I could take I mean um, I just knew uh, that I wanted to go into real estate Um, I mean definitely before I went into college so I'd say it got serious around sophomore junior year I would actually um, do some assistant work with you in the office and just like seeing how like good of a time everyone has and you know in the office I just like always had a good time and Growing up, like, she could make every single one of my soccer games, all my school plays. You know, she was never not there. You know what I mean? Like, she never had a work conflict. Like, she could schedule around. And, um, you know, she made everything. And I just thought that that was always so cool. And, my, I mean, my dad worked a normal 9 to 5, so, you know, sometimes it complicated things. Um, but I just loved the availability that she had. So I was just, like, looking at different career options. And I was like, a lot of, you know, career options don't have that. So, yeah. So, so, by the way, the only way people get into real estate at 19 is their parents are in it. That's the only only way they do it successfully. I've not met anybody where they were like, I just knew, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I would take her showing houses when she was really little, and she'd walk through houses like three minutes. Like, why would you? I don't even do that. Where are you picking that up from? But she's like, Vanna White there. I don't know. I don't know when exactly you decided, but. Yeah. And this one, this question is going to be really interesting for me sure. because it's going to be very different, I, I feel. Okay. What is your why? Why you do all the things? Because as much fun as real estate can be, right. it's still, you know, yeah. a stressful job. There's a lot of work to it. And, oh, yeah. and we get to schedule around some things, mm-hmm. but we really don't get to dis- make all the decisions. Yeah, yeah, definitely. My why was it's evolved a little bit over the years, mm-hmm. but originally it was for live for the other kids just to help provide for my family. Mm-hmm. I was coming off a career that it was a lucrative career. And so I, I really didn't have a choice. Like once I got my real estate license, I'm like, you gotta shit or get off the pot. Like you just gotta do it. Yeah. Um, so I worked really hard, but it just afforded me a lot of different things. I wanted so many things for them. I didn't want them to want or worry or need, you know, and it's, we have such a limited potential. It just it suited it. You know, okay. Now it's good. I was gonna say so. So that was then, but now. Well, that was then, and it's funny because now like, Liv is the youngest. Um, she's grown. She's working on her own. She's living on her own. So it's not the the family that I'm supporting anymore. It's truly just myself and my lifestyle. But it is still 
Uh, why is still the family? It's the legacy, mm-hmm. um, especially with Liv being in the office with me every day. Um, this is her company. This is her business too now. You know, it will provide for her future, but it's also. Like I said, the lifestyle, like we like to go and do, it's not about the things we can do, but what we can do and who we can help. Yeah. You know? I think that's mm-hmm. more it now, just living the dream. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so now, Liv, how does that? Um, so her why now is a little similar to what my why is. Um, I feel like I've always been a free-spirited person, and I just, uh, I like to do what I want when I want. Um, and just real estate uh, kind of allows me and even allows me to do that. And the potential in real estate, I mean, it's just kind of never ending. You can kind of make it anything that you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, like I was talking about before, how she could make all of my, uh, you know, recitals and all these different types of things. It kind of, uh, it gives you that that freedom, you know, that I really wanted, you know, in school uh, you know, there's a set time you have to be there and a set time you have to leave. Uh, you know, it, you're at the same place every day. Um, and I just think with real estate, like, you just go and do so many different things. You're not – I mean, obviously, you have consistent stuff. I mean, everybody does. Okay. It's what makes the world go around. But you get to see new houses all the time. I mean, it's different. You work with different people. You meet new people. And um, I just – my why, I guess, would be um, – like, if I want to up and do something, I can, you know, up and do something, and it gives me that freedom. So your why is choice. Kind of, yeah. I right? Would, I would say. Um, we were talking about it earlier. Like, yeah. one of the nice things about it is, Amanda, you know, like, the sky is the limit, but you determine your future. Yeah. Not yeah. your boss, not right. your soccer coach, not anybody, you know, not popularity. I mean, you work harder. You can do what you need to do. Do what you want to do. Yeah. No one else gets to decide besides you. The limit or the limits are endless. Like there's no or the possibilities are endless. In uh, in both directions. Yeah. And but I don't know. I I have always enjoyed that. Like the the whole if it's to be, it's up to me. Sure. Yeah. Hand it to me. Let's go. Um, and you can kind of you talk to agents, you know, when they first come in and and, and they're working on stuff. Sorry. <laughs> and and literally, you know, just off of their attitude, that whether they're gonna be decent or not right it's not their network it's not their net worth it's it's like okay what is your attitude you know are you are you into the personal development thing are you willing to do what it's going to take to be successful right right Right. because it like you said it's totally up to you and it's not easy and it's not for everybody yeah and that's like one of the i feel like the biggest pros and cons about the job is like it is all up to you you know if you don't do anything i mean you're not going to make any money like, if you, you know, don't go out there and you don't, you know, work for it, like, there's just no way that you're just going to end up making a lot of money. Um, like, everyone who's successful, I mean, everybody, you know, has their own ways of lead generation, doing lead generation and all these things, but you have to work for it. I mean, there's it's no really not... There's no you to get out of bed and go do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. it's not just going to, like, fall in your lap, you know? Um, so I think it's I just remember the first time I was in the office during a snowstorm where, like, schools were shut down. And I kept waiting to think, like, is someone going to call me and tell me, is the office open? Is the office closed? Do we go to work? Like, yeah. Oh, wait, that's me now. <laughs> no one's going to make that call. Uh, somebody asked me one time, they were like, do you work when it snows? I said, if somebody wants to go see something. <laughs> right. Absolutely. If I can talk them Snow, into it. rain, if they're, if they're willing, that means they're serious. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. No, you did always say that. You're like, if it's a rainy, if it's pouring down rain and someone wants to go see a house, they're not just going just to go. Like, they want to see that house because they're really interested yeah. in it. No doubt. More serious. Which is big. And so normally I ask, 
you know, who's on your team. And, and then this one, we, we know this. <laughs> right. But, but I really want to get into the dynamic of, like, working for your mom. Right. Because I know I left my parents' house, and my mom listens to this, so hi, mom. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I left at 17 because I didn't like being told what to do, and I was not into that. So yeah. to, to, to be in that same field and have to take that advice and listen, uh, what does that dynamic look like? Honestly, I just think that it's completely different. Um, you know, growing up, you know, she she's my mom. You know, she, you know, taught me everything. She, you know, back in the day, well, still kind of tells me what to do, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's no. just different as you grow up. You know, when you're a kid, you see your parents as your parents, and they're just adults, um, you know, and that's just kind of how you see them. But when you grow up, you just start to see who they are as a person and just, like, who um, – you know, and just like the knowledge that they have and just all these different types of things. So I think that when we started working together, it was just completely different. Like, um, like obviously, like she is my mom, but she also has been in real estate for 20 years and has built, you know, um, this awesome business with all these amazing people and this, you know, database filled with people who she loves and loves her. And, um, you know, just like showing me the ropes. And so I just feel like, Obviously, she still is my mom, so that comes into play sometimes. But I look at it more so as, uh, you know, all the amazing things that she's done in real estate. And I can actually see that now that I'm an adult and I'm working the same business as her. And I can appreciate it more. So Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know how to explain it. But it's just a little, I mean, sometimes it's mom stuff. But she's like, not your your mom right now, you know. We do. We have that conversation a lot. Like, okay, I'm talking to you as your mother now. Or she's like, I need my mom. I don't need my real estate boss. Right. You know, who, who do you want today? You got to switch that hat and, and make it yeah. very uh, clear. But that that's interesting yeah. that you literally are like, hey, no, we're, we're, we're switching gears here. Yeah. We uh, have to sometimes. Yeah. Because I think for me especially, a lot of times, like with your children, you want to always fix everything. You want to solve every problem. You want to fix everything you can. Mm-hmm. And if she is maybe complaining about something, right. it's not, she's not complaining about me or the job, and she's not wanting me to fix it. She just wants to vent. Mm-hmm. Right. But I go into mom mode, and how do I fix it? Right. You know, and I think a lot of times, stumbling blocks of real estate, the things that you learn, you have to work through yourself, and I can't just jump in and fix it. No, yeah, there, there's no better way to learn something than to have to tell a seller what just happened. Oh, my gosh, yeah. You know, making that call... But also, one thing that is great about us being a mother-daughter team is that, like, we, I mean, we work together. So it's like, if I have a client, she has a client. Or if she has a client, I have a client. Like, you get a two-for-one. You know, we're both all over it. We know every part of, you know, each transaction. So if she's busy or in a meeting one day, like, I can pick up, you know. Um, So, you know, sometimes (laughs) when those, you know, scary problems come up, sometimes I'm like, she wouldn't know how to word this better. I'm like, you could just give them a call. You know, I'm actually, I actually have something to do right now. If you could just call them and let <laughs> yeah. them know that the moisture termite is going to be twenty thousand dollars, that'd be great. Just, <laughs> just slide that in there, please, for I me. Do, but, and that's true, <laughs> but also, but you handled some pretty well on the flip side. Like we right. had one of her buyers early on was getting in a sticky situation mm-hmm. where I'm like, she's going to have to contact an attorney, mm-hmm. and. I told Liv, I said, if you want, conference me in. I could be the bad guy and mm-hmm. just tell her what's happening. And she said, no. She said, tell me the course of events and what she needs to do, and I've got it. Yeah. I was like, okay. Wait, I actually remember um, you had this one client. Sorry about this. No, go. You had this one client, and he, um, it was a seller, and he was just up in arms. And this was when you were in Arizona. 
and he couldn't reach you, he couldn't reach Tammy, and he was calling me. And he, I, I forgot, but he was up in arms about something, and he was just on, like, a strike where he just, you know, wanted to yell at somebody. And, um, you know, I took that call, and uh, we actually, me and that guy, we ended up having a great conversation. I mean, um, but he was definitely one of the types that he um, – you know, it's just kind of like, oh, I know everything, you know, mm -hmm. like, you guys don't know anything. This is how it needs to be done. And, you know, my mom, she was at peak in Arizona, so she wasn't there to, you know, talk him off that ledge. Um, so I answered the call, and we had, like, this great conversation, and he ended up calming down and was like, all right, well, I actually think that's a great idea. Like, we should do that. And, you know, it all ended up working out fine, but I remember she um, – she either called me after or when she was free or got back and she was like, what did you say to him? Because he was blowing us up and now he's good. And I was like, it's like I know what I'm doing or something. Right. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. Well, you, you know what they say, smooth seas don't make skilled sailors. Right. Like, like we learn everything in the fire. Oh, yeah. Like you can hear about it all day, but hear about it and, and get in that raft. Oh, Th yeah. Those are different. Well, that's what I see sometimes because I feel like I've made every mistake in the book. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, twice. It, 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 <laughs> easily twice. Yeah. You know, and I feel like she benefits from that, but oh, yeah. sometimes you know, you still have to just stumble across it. Oh, Same thing yeah. with, like, you, guys, you talking to that guy off the ledge, it's conversations that I can't teach her how to have. Mm -mm. You know, Gotta she has to have them. Um, I have a bad habit of interrupting her a lot when we're in the office. <laughs> yeah. So we, we've started something new that now that we're, because we're physically in the same office. Yeah. So when she's on the phone or I'm on the phone, like, I'll leave and go in the other room because as the mom, you want to correct it. Yeah. Like, well, not correct it, but like, I would say this or I would do this, but she has to find her own voice and how mm -hmm. she handles things. And clearly she does them fine, but she's just like, I know, I'm just on the phone with, you know, one of our clients, and she's like, hey, it's Lee. I'm just going to butt in here. You know, how are you doing? I'm like, you got to stop that. Like, you got to stop that. That's, yeah. Uh, but sometimes it's all fine. They're like, oh, hey, Lee, like, how's it going? But it's just funny. And she's the background, but I'm going to kill you. Right. <laughs> right. Thanks, Mom. Um, well, I also remember, uh, she also takes me on, like, listing appointments, just like, you know, uh, just to show, like, how she, you know, does a listing appointment. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm mostly a buyer's agent right now, and mm -hmm. I, I've sold some houses too, but um, she takes me on listing appointments to kind of, you know, show what she does. But I remember I had this one listing appointment. I think I hadn't had one for, like, uh, like six or seven months or just something. I was just working with buyers strictly throughout that time. And I had one, and I was just sweating. I was so nervous, like head to toe. I was shaky. I was in the driveway. I was just like, oh, my goodness. I was so nervous. It was a, such a nice house. And, um, you know, you're just thinking, uh, you know, the whole time, like, what do I have to offer, um, you know, this, other third. But, like, and I know in my myself that I know what I'm doing and I know how to market a house and I know how to sell a house but just convincing other people of that for mm -hmm. some reason I was just so nervous and I went in there and I probably stuttered so many times they could probably tell that I was shaky and you know that's not what people want to see but no I they, mean, they want a bit of confidence <laughs> right yeah, but that. you have to go through stuff like mm -hmm. that to be able to get to the listing appointments where you're cool and confident you know like she does uh, short story, I didn't get that listening. <laughs> but, you know, it's stuff like that that you have to, you know, go through. Like, I can go on them with you, but you when it's... You have to keep doing it. Yeah, by yourself. You got to learn. Very first I remember the very first time she was making calls, mm -hmm. checking in on... Because she works the database, she calls, checking in on clients. Mm -hmm. So I gave her a list of clients that I knew would know her, they would love her. You know, just call these, introduce, you know, call these guys, introduce yourself, let them know who you mm -hmm. are, that you're my daughter, you work with me now. Yeah, yeah. She made her first call. I walked back in the office. She says, 
I think I'm about to throw up. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. But that client that. called me later that day and said, "Oh my gosh, your daughter Liv called. I love her. She's so sweet." And then we had like a good little chuckle, me and the client, about Liv almost throwing up because of the call. But right. But that's <laughs> it's learning. It it is, mm-hmm. and it only gets easier if you do it. Oh if you, yeah. If you avoid it, it does not get easier. Right. And and these are the keep in mind we're only calling people we know and like. Right. Like, we're not asking you to do, like, random calls. I know. So, so that, yeah. that helps a little bit. Oh, yeah. So, literally, you guys work the same database. Yep. Right? So, if you add somebody, it's in both of your database, that yeah. sort of thing. Well, I actually have, we have separate CRMs, but we all, we both have the same people. Because, um, you know, with every transaction, just like I said, like, the two for one, like, we want to mm-hmm. be there for everybody. Um, so, it's like, if they get um, you, they also get me. If they yeah. get me, they also get her. It's nice. I think they just, we cover more ground that way. We yeah. can help more people that way. Mm-hmm. But it is it is the same database. Like, yep. When you first get your real, real estate license, the first thing you do is you make a list of mm-hmm. anybody you know. You yeah, know, 100 friends, Days to Greatness. Family. Oh, yeah. You just, you make the list. Well, most people that she knows yeah. are already in the list. They've been yeah. in the list for years. Right. You know, so it made more sense for her to join me and help with now our clients. Right. And we just have built from there. You know, and we still, and now we both, We'll have new people to add new people right. into the database, but they are—they know that when they come on board, they are working with the Lee Barefoot team. They're getting Lee. They're getting Liv. Right. You know, which that's—that's that's a, a really interesting way to do it, and and that's probably a way to do it that you could only do if it is your daughter, because yeah. I I would be very hesitant to hand somebody the keys to my database. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've just I would be very yeah. You know, and I, I have agents that we work with, and and we do all of that. And we all have separate databases yeah. all the way down the line. So that's I like your business lifeline. It, it is your lifeline. Yeah, you, what I is your business? Right. You wouldn't give those keys to anybody else. But I think that for us, you know, like I said, knowing she was always going to come into the business and knowing what she plans to do with it, it's, it's our team database. It's, yeah. Everyone is together. Um, but they love it. I was so surprised. I don't know why I was surprised. But in the beginning, when, she, when she, we first announced that she had her license and was coming on board, Everyone was so ecstatic and so supportive, and I think they like that. Yeah. Well, they, I find that our clients like to see us succeed, sure. right? Sure. You, you've primed the pump. They feel like, you know, we just had our pie party last night, or one of them, because yeah. we do two, one on either side of the river. Yeah. And they were coming in, and you had clients literally talking about, like, the first pie party. They're like, we remember that this is a huge step up. Yeah. yeah. You've climbed here, and, and this is great. And they, they have ownership on our businesses because they've helped us build it, and they yeah. were there the whole time. Yeah. So the ad live is kind of like, whoop, we saw this coming. And, yeah. You know what I mean? In ways. Well, and it's funny because she, I mean, she's been there her whole life. I mean, I was, well, she was two when I got my license, you know. So she's seen them all. They've seen her grow. You know, they've seen all my kids grow their whole lives. But it is kind of funny because we had our pie party Thursday night, and people will walk in, they'll give me a hug, and they'll say, okay, where's Liv? <laughs> what? What? She's here. She's here, too. It's just interesting because I, we didn't have that before. Yeah. You know, they came to see me. So what are you guys doing lead generation-wise? Are you doing anything special, or are you just fundamentals? We just 100% focus on the relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, we tell all of our people – you know, once you're with us, you're with us. You're stuck with us forever. Hope you like us because we're not letting you go once you're, right. you know, working with the team. But it's more just, just building the relationships, continuing the connections, um, the referrals. Yeah. Um, we don't do anything other than the system. Um, so you're doing calls, notes, pop buys. Do you have calls, particular? Notes, pop buys. We do. So pop buys, we've shifted more probably. Um, Towards client parties. We do a lot of 
my party's a lot of events now. Um, I think ever since COVID, people really feel the need to connect with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, we're in Hampton Roads, so we have so much military there. So we have families coming in from all over the country, and now they're getting to know each other because we have so many events. And they see each other at these same events, and I think they really enjoy it. Right. We did our pie party Thursday, and I had one client that was, she was so upset that she couldn't make it Mm -hmm. because she said, I see so many people there that I don't see on a regular basis. And the pie party, we actually do that at my house. Mm -hmm. So it's more, it's just closer knit than if you're in a big public space Mm -hmm. somewhere. And she said, you're not, you know, we do an Easter event where it's outside and, you know, an acre of land, but she said this, she just feels like it's closer yeah. where she has more genuine conversations with people. And she was so torn up that she was missing it. Yeah. So. No, back to that military point. Uh, we do have a lot of military clients in our area. Um, uh, there was a, the one family, they were from Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, uh, just moved into the area and they have kids who are younger. Um, and they just like, they also love it because it gives them an opportunity, like you said, just to meet people and just to make new relationships. And, you know, their daughter cheers and she got to, you know, meet the cheer coach um, before, you know, she went off to, you know, start on the cheer team. We and had three military families that closed within one month this summer, mm-hmm. um, Utah, New Mexico, and South Carolina. But all three families were coming to Langley Air Force Base. Yep. And so they met at one of our first events, one of the... Um, Ice cream social. Yeah. And they were so excited to just, now they feel like they know someone in the area that they just moved to not knowing a soul. Right. Besides to live by. So how many events do you guys do in a year? We do four to five at least. Yeah. Yeah. We have our core events. We always do, um, we do our Easter party. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the Easter bunny cob. We do the bounce house, things like that. Also, our Easter bunny is cute because it's hard to find, you know, the cute Easter bunny pictures. Like, a lot of them are a little scary. Easter so bunnies we... are creepy. Yeah. So, you brought, so you brought in a photographer to yeah. do the family portrait, yep. Yep. right? Yeah. Yep. Which that's always. Yeah. We have a photographer that does the family portraits, but we do. We have, I had to buy the Easter bunny costume. You had to. Place in Norfolk because I couldn't have a creepy looking Easter bunny. <laughs> uh, yeah, Easter bunny. The Easter party the photographer comes they do portraits with the bunny um, fun stuff for the kids mimosas for the adults Um, we do an ice cream social Mm -hmm. at one of the local ice cream parlors in town Mm -hmm. every summer Um, we do a pumpkin patch in October so for us where we are you have to go probably 30 45 minutes away to see like a true pumpkin pumpkin patch but um, we decided I guess four years ago now Mm -hmm. probably right before you got in the business we were bringing the pumpkin patch to the town. Um, I'm fortunate I have an acre of land. My neighbors all have also have a lot of land, so we have pumpkins brought in. We do cider, just kettle corn, all the fun stuff. Kids go pick their pumpkins, and we have a photographer come to that event as well to do family photos. So you do family photos twice mm-hmm. in the year. You don't do the Santa or anything like that. No. It's yeah. even harder to get somebody not so creepy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, you're the, 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 usually the guy that like volunteers to be Santa. You're like, oh, <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. Can I see your background? Uh, please. 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 That's so funny. Um, but that's really interesting. So one of the things that I got from uh, Katie Eisenhart was that people would do more for their children than they would do for themselves. Meaning... Yeah. You know, and the, the example we used is, like, if I go buy a Starbucks and there's a few too many people in line, I'm like, I'm not getting the latte. It's no big right. deal. Right. But if your kid wants something, like swim team, for example, you're yeah. like, 5 a.m.? Yeah, I'm on it. Right. We'll be there kind right. of thing. So that's interesting. Um, you know, 
to, to, to have the, the kid-friendly parties. Yeah. It sounds like it, everything's and always a family. It's interesting because it's some of them are kid-friendly. I think the, the pie party that Thursday mm-hmm. night, that's more adults. Like I said, it's in the evening. It's at my home. Um, the ice cream party, we get a little bit of everything. Yeah, a little bit of everybody. Yeah. But I do find I feel like different clients come to different events. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of the Easter party, the first thing I did when we decided to do that one the first year is I talked to my neighbor because she had two little ones. I said, okay, we want to do this on a Saturday. When? She said, do it in the morning before nap time. I said, okay, you got it. So it's always been that that one's usually, I think, from 10 like, to 12 on Saturday morning yep. just to be mindful of the kids. But they'll put them in their Sunday best, let them get their picture with the Easter bunny and have at it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I always find it's tricky to try to schedule around all those sporting events. Because oh, yeah. every time I'm talking, they're like, and I literally ask, well, I'm 44, I'll, I'll own it. Um, <laughs> Which I did get kicked out of a Buffini under forty group, which oh, I thought that was no. kind of, at peak. Oh, I thought no. that was funny. That's uh, awesome. And I just crashed with like one of my friends. They were like, "Come on, yeah. have a drink." I didn't lie about it, and they were like, "No, you're too old." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, that hurts." I did a little bit, yeah, a little bit. Hurts. That's that's all right, no problem. The uh, now, but where I was going with that is most of my friends, when you ask them what they're doing or what they're involved in, it's all about the sports. They're like, "Yeah, we're gonna go and sit at a basketball court all day." Yep. And we may have a beer with the other parents. Right. Like, that's what they're doing. So trying to schedule around that and figure out which, which meeting. Because you you have a huge attendance at your parties. Yeah, yeah. We do, matter of fact, we do our oyster, not oyster, <laughs> it's October, it's oyster season. <laughs> we don't do an oyster roast. We should do an oyster roast. That would be cool. um, Our pumpkin patch, I always do on a Monday night. And it, it seems odd, but I don't want to interrupt people's lives. I don't want to take up a whole weekend. But Monday night is the night that most of the youth football teams don't practice. Okay. So... That's why it's only good Monday night. Yeah, like that, you went into, you know, the pumpkin patch knowing, you know, most of our clients do have the kids and youth football sports. So um, just making sure, you know, when they do, and if they do have practice, uh, I think that our um, party is about from like 5 to 7-ish. Yeah, they can come either before um, so or after. Yeah, yeah, they'll have that time. So I always try to be mindful of that. Yeah, we, uh, so the ice cream social is one that we picked up this year, and now we do ice cream trucks. Ooh. Because during the summer, nobody's, around so mm-hmm. we'll literally take the truck to from part of town to part of town to part of town oh, and cool. that way you can hit so the calls are never easier than right before the client party right as somebody as Agreed. you guys do it right yeah. like like we blaze the whole database oh, yeah. no problem yeah. so during the the summer when everybody's on vacation or doing whatever they're doing to be able to be like all right midlothian this part of town is where this truck is going to be and i will call everyone in midlothian yeah and then the following week, we're in Short Pump. And then we call everybody from Short Pump. Yeah. Um, we've found that to be really helpful. Yeah. Uh, and kind of during the summer, we've really toned down what we're doing. Because yeah. nobody's around. Because they're yeah. gone. Yeah. I mean, you guys live closer to the water than we do, but in Richmond, psh, they're gone. Yeah. Like, everybody's at the beach somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Or the river or, yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the things. I that had thought about that. doing one of the events. A lot of people are doing the movie events. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I wanted to do... Maverick something but it was like right up against Memorial, Memorial Weekend mm-hmm. was the grand or the, the premiere like there's no one going to be anywhere near us that weekend because yeah. everyone's at the beach mm-hmm. yeah we rent out an entire movie theater yeah the, the no, that was the plan but I just couldn't figure What'd out what you go see we do so it depends on the year yeah so we have a whole charity theme behind it okay because I, I like that so we did we collected used sports equipment for the Little League, and we showed the Sandlot this year. Oh, right. that's awesome. And we had the VCU Rodney the Ram mascot was there, and he took Aww, pictures, and it was cool. you guys have done every year? 
Well, it's, uh, yeah, the theater has been every year. Okay. Um, and it'll probably stick around because it's, yeah. we have a rooftop patio at my office and we started there and we were like, this Ooh. is going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Sounds awesome. <laughs> but it's on a roof. Right. It's hot. Mm-hmm. It's rainy. It's windy. So we were like, all right, these are going to be like little happy hours and then we'll take all the big events to like yeah. other places. Right. So we, so the theater is the Bird Theater, which is like a 1920s movie palace. They have like the organ that comes out of the stage. Oh, and we got awesome. our name on the marquee, which I cared okay. way more than everyone else. Uh-huh, that's like, a big flex. <laughs> I thought so. Right, I, I think like, so. I paid extra for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that was really cool. Oh, that's um, awesome. What, are, what other nuances are you guys seeing in this market? So this market, with the interest rates being where they are, and, and it's just a little bit more challenging because our fiduciary to our client is to help them do what is best for them. Mm-hmm. Well, I want a slightly bigger yard, but my interest rate's going to go from 4% to 8%. That's not what's best for them, right? So what what spins or twists have you done to kind of what you're working on? I feel like for us, like, it hasn't changed but so much just because of the area we're in, because of the military. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they have to have housing. Yeah, 33% moving yeah. every year. Yeah. Um, nuances, I'm not sure what we do differently. Oh. I know we're seeing a lot more cash buyers. You know, because once you get into the higher price range homes, no one's dealing with the interest rates and those payments. Hmm. No, what I would say that we have been doing to combat that is um, offering a two-to-one buy-down. Talking to the sellers about Talking to the sellers yeah. about two-to-one buy-downs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just um, to help ease the interest rate burden for yeah. buyers for the first year or two. I mean, it just, um, you know, with uh, like Buffini Bold Predictions, you know, um, they're talking that, you know, rates are, they are going to go down. I mean, we're not going to see that too again, but they are going to go down slightly um, within the next year or two. So we're talking about the two to one buy down. And if you pay, you know, lump sum, you know, of maybe 10 to 15, you know, thousand dollars and you get from, you know, that seven to five interest rate and you hold on to that, um, you know, for the first year and then 6% the second year, um, by, by that time you can probably refinance to a lower rate when it's, when it comes down. Well, and that definitely helps. One of the things that we've done is when you're doing your buyer intake, and I stole this from Ninja because I'm all about, like, grab the meat and throw the bones away, and <laughs> my system is kind of hodgepodge of several. Right. Yeah. But when we're doing the buyer intake, a lot of what we'll do is we'll talk about other debts they might have with higher interest than your house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, your credit card right now, people don't realize this, is probably around 30%. Sure. Yeah. So maybe instead of putting you know, 5% down, we put 3.5% down. Yes, it's going to be FHA. Right. But then we pay off that credit card, and now you just took 500 bucks a month out of your budget. Right. That you can apply to the house, which is an appreciating asset as opposed to the shoes you bought with that credit card. Right. You know what I mean? So we've been doing some of that, and then we've concentrated on, like, who we're talking to about selling. Like, I've switched from people who might want to buy a house mm-hmm. to people who need to buy a house. Right. And I talked about this with, great, with Jeremy uh, Walsh. And literally nobody's going, uh, interest rate's too high this year. I'm not dying. I'm going to hang on to next year. Forget it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They have to sell. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the twist that we've done. Um, what's a tip you would give to somebody? And this is a really good one because you probably gave this one to live when she got in the business. What is one tip you'd give to somebody starting working the system? Just work the system. Um, for me, the biggest part of the system that has helped me is to have a coach. Mm-hmm. Liv and I both have a coach now. Um, we're not in team coaching. We do one-on-one, and that has changed my life. Yeah. So you, 
despite having a team, and it's probably cheaper to do team coaching than two individual coaches, mm -hmm. you chose to do two individual coaches. Why is yeah. that? I've seen the. I've been in one-on-one -on -one coaching. I don't know, ten years maybe, but mm -hmm. I've seen such a difference. Um, the team coaching is a is a great platform for certain mm -hmm. teams, but our team is just the two of us. Right. You know, we have one transaction coordinator and a full-time assistant, but I wanted Liv to have the same experience that I had. Okay. And I think that, fortunately for us, she ended up getting my coach, who is Bev is the best. I don't care what any of you guys say. <laughs> um, so it's just been nice to see that. She's made such a difference in my life, yeah. you know, business-wise, personal. I tell her all the time, I think she's my therapist as well. But um, <laughs> Getting she, a little discount there. She just right. is, um, she guides me. She keeps me in check. She calls me out on a mm -hmm. very regular basis. It's the accountability. But I've learned so much, and she's just so consistent. And for Liv to have that consistency from a coach mm -hmm. as opposed to a mother, it's a little different. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the consistency – you know, the, the same thing with a the therapist. Everybody always knocks that and says, well, I don't need to pay my friends. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, whatever. But consistency, because it is a profession and because it is on a schedule and because they are touching base as much as they are, right. we're getting that on a regular basis and the right. accountability is there. And the, you know, e even the thoughts that we have before the coaching call. Yeah. yeah. Well, if, I think that's the thing. You could do the system on your own. You can do yeah. self-paced, you can do whatever, but there's something about having to answer to that coach that next week and you, you usually we always use legal action items and she's like i don't want to see this again next week you know so whether you're doing it right away or right before that call somehow you're getting it done mm -hmm. where right. if you were left to your own devices it might not happen or it would take a month instead of a week or two not which brian buffini should be mailing me my royalty checks at any point because <laughs> i plug his system so hard on this yeah. show but the other big thing that i get through that is the connections that we get because your coach can literally say, oh, that reminds me of, and that's where I met Rick Brandt. Yeah. That's My so coach crazy. was like, you should call him. Yeah. Like, yeah, you guys awesome. are all going to this conference to hang out. Um, you know, my my whole, uh, our little white hat group, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Jeremy, Greg, Rick, and me, that was all born from the coaches going, yeah, you guys have something in common, do this. Yeah. yeah. Like, you guys could help each other. I think it's a different level of agent that is in one-on-one -on -one coaching yes mm -hmm. um and you do we all speak the same language and you connect some of my best friends now are agents throughout the country you know that you can pick up the phone and call and either send a referral or just ask for advice you know because yeah. we all work differently right. um but it's nice to have the perspectives and no one will share more than somebody out of market right <laughs> they'll tell you anything and everything you want to know yeah yeah some Absolutely. of our best ideas i mean it just i don't know i feel like every time i'm either at an event or on the on the phone with somebody. Our coach also does, I don't know if all the coaches do this, they do a, um, she does a monthly call with everyone who's coached by her to get on the Zoom. And so it's just, again, more little nuggets every day. Yeah, we don't do it monthly, but we definitely do a fair amount of the, the conference calls and the, you know, and when we were in San Diego, because Grace, our coach, is in San Diego, so she came and we did a little happy hour type thing, and it was, it, it was very cool to put faces with the names and sure, that sort of thing. Sure, sure. When we were in Carlsbad, was it Carlsbad two years ago? I don't know when it was. Bev had been my coach for a few years, but I'd never actually met her face-to-face. -face. Yeah. I was so excited to see her and hug her neck. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's – but that that's very real because we do have all of these crazy relationships, and you have this thing in common. Sure. Uh, you know, I've, I've said it on the show a bunch of times. Like, we're having a conversation with agents outside of the system. Right. 
and they'll catch something we say and be like, wait, explain that. Yeah. And, you, and you're like, oh, because it's so nothing to us. Like, yeah. we have our own language. Yeah, yeah. we just, do. And it's, I think that it's also, especially good when you're sending a referral out. We've got a client here that's moving to, say, San Antonio or even to Northern Virginia, and you pick up the phone, and you might not know the agent, but when you get them on the phone, you trust them to take care of your people because they're going to work just like you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and as soon as you're talking to them, I think Katie, Katie um, Ross Griffin, I called her. I did not know her at the time when I first called her. I found her in the database. Yeah. database. And within five minutes, I think she was my best friend because we just, <laughs> we didn't even have to introduce each other. Like, you just speak the language. You talk the talk. You yeah. walk the walk. I had no doubt getting her this guy who was moving out there. He was in good hands. Yeah. Yeah. That's always really, really nice. So one of the things I always like to ask, you mentioned that you both add people to the database. Do you have like a BNI or something like that that you do, anything of that nature to add people? No, no. I know a lot of people do BNIs. I've never done that. I, I strictly work this system, mm-hmm. up, and it's just all about connections and taking care of our clients, and they take care of us. You know, I tell them all the time, like, we'll make you look good. <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah. But we do. Like, you know, when we do these events, we spend a lot of time talking about why we do these events. And it is all our way of showing appreciation. Mm-hmm. If it was not for these people sending us their friends and family, we would not be in business. Yeah. You know, they trust us to do that. And that's solely what we focus on. So, how many do you have, like, a quota for how many people you add to your database, or it just kind of comes and, as yeah. it comes? You probably should. Yeah, probably. Also my coach. I mean, we do have, like, um, certain meetings we'll sit down yeah. and just, you know, talk about how. We do need to add, you yeah. know, more we'll people and like have, on whether it's buyers yeah, or sellers like we'll take, or you know, like a two week period and be like, you know, uh, you know, at the forefront of our mind this week is going to be, you know, making new relationships and making new connections or whether who do we know that needs to be in our database that's not in our database and just making that call. Um, I love the sit down with somebody that you're tight with and going, who do you know that I need to know? Yeah. We call it database share, but yeah. literally who, do, who do you know that I should know? Right. Yeah. And they'll usually hook you up. We were talking before this about how the reason I think that this system worked so well for me or resonated with me because in the beginning, prior to knowing Bethany and the system, it's what I was doing anyway. If I was um, if I was struggling, if I needed to get some more connections or houses or people, I would stop by restaurants. I knew a couple you know, restaurant owners. I'd walk into the bar and say, hey, who around here do I need to know? Who can you introduce me to? So I was doing pop buys before I even knew it was a pop buy. You know, and then when I find the system, I'm like, oh, okay. They have I a name. They, they have a name. Right. There's a method to the madness. Look, there's a sticker. It, if you follow it, it works. You're like, I was you doing know? something right. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Just do it. Yeah. That's, yeah, I found that to be true as well. What about, I know you mentioned you work with military a lot. Do you find that that's your ideal client? Or do you, do you ever, so like at Peak, he was talking about taking all of your different clients and kind of doing the testimonial videos, which we just started, by the way, and it's been pretty oh, cool. Um, yeah, no, everything he says, I am that nerdy guy that's like, oh, I'll do that. Okay, <laughs> give that a try. I love it. Uh, I think that they are, our database is a lot of military. Like, we get a lot of military mm-hmm. just by sheer where we are, just location. Um, ideal client, I don't know is, if it's necessary one certain type. Or if it's somebody who, my personal ideal client is someone who will trust us, trust the process, Mm -hmm. um, trust our professionalism and expertise and know that we know how to do this job Mm -hmm. and let us guide them. Because I think that in real estate, 
someone might have sold like one or two houses and they think, oh, I've done this before. I don't, let's do it my way. Right. But I do this all day, every day. Your way might not be the best way. So let me coach you. Let me teach you how we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And if you listen, we're golden. Yeah, you'll get the results. I think that regardless of the market, we still have multiple offers. Like people need to know how to handle that. And it's something we do all the time. So when they listen and trust us, those are the ones that are ideal. Yeah. But do you, how do you, easy for you, how do you identify those on the front end? You don't. Well, you don't, but you can tell pretty quickly what kind of client you have on your hands, you know. Um, that's also the luxury of this job that we have. You don't have to work with every client, you know. Um, well, that that's something spoken by a truly successful agent. Yeah. And you're like, nah, this ain't gonna work. No, this, this is just... had, I, I see that a lot with, with sellers. Mm-hmm. You know, they want what they want. They want to dictate A, B, C, and D. And if it doesn't fall in line with what I know to do. Or reality. Yeah, right. Reality, it, <laughs> I'm not going to work with you. you know, I had a builder years ago. He was putting all these demands. Just, I don't even know. I can't even begin to tell you all the things that he was saying he wanted out of me. And it was just not going to work for me. Yeah. He was like, what do you mean? Like, I, I don't have to do this. Right. You're not going to take these houses. I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> I send you some names. Right. <laughs> Do you get a, can you get a referral fee on all of them? You've got to try to break that contract out. But I think it's hard, too, because I think sometimes, like, depending on the market, you know, you have everybody wants the world. You know, they want to sell their house for a good jillion more than what it's <laughs> right. worth. Well, that's, that, that's, the intri- that's the challenge of this market. It has been a seller market so long that the sellers, it, it like breaking into them that the interest rates have shifted and you're still going to get a fair price. Right. You're still going to get more than you would have gotten, you know, three years ago sure. by a lot. Yeah. But you're not going to get what you would have gotten in June. Right. And so they're going to want. One month has messed us up. I so much. That month of June messed us up. But yes. And then, and then you go back to like the home inspection. Yeah. They're going to do an inspection. Yes. What should I do? What well, you should fix it. Right. There's something wrong with your house. Right. There's mold in the crawl space. Right. Here's the thing. You should probably fix it now because your family's living in this mold. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I'm just... Probably but a good that's idea. that's the thing, though, is like educating them so they understand what mm-hmm. the market is doing. You know, and when they listen, they're golden. You know, they have no problem with it. Um, they do. They want June prices. They want to overprice the house. And I struggle. I struggle very hard with listing a house for a price that I don't believe in. Right. I cannot prove. So it's a couple of different conversations. It's we're going to try this for a week, and then we're going to go back to these price, mm-hmm. or you might be better off working with somebody else. But if you walk away from a seller, you don't get to have that conversation. I know. I know. Right? Yeah. I've gotten better at that. I think that was definitely that was my game plan for a long while because I just I didn't want my sign sitting out there for mm-hmm. a year on end for a house that was overpriced that was not going to sell. Um, depends on the motivation now of the seller. Yes. You know, and as long as we're having those conversations every couple of days, if it's not working, like we know what to do to get this house to sell. And so we go back every two or three days. You know what I do? And this gets back to the buyer intake. Um, I have all the steps to marketing the house listed out. I don't have any of the warm, fuzzy language where it's like, we're going to price your house the best. No, I'm like, right. statistically, right. 80% of the homes in this neighborhood are selling for this price per foot. The numbers are the numbers. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so you understand that. Check. So we're going to do these things. Is there anything else you can think of that we should add to this system? And let's talk about that. 
Yeah. You ask them that on the front end. Yeah. So that way they don't go talk to their sister-in-law who happened to be a realtor one day 10 years ago. Right. And I had somebody, one of the clients, I thought this was hilarious. The seller, uh, my, my sister-in-law, the realtor, she pressure washes, washes all of the houses at her expense. And I said, okay, well, that, uh, okay, I like that. I said, can I ask something? I said, what price point are they working on? Oh, she's in California and everything's a million dollars. I said, well, then they have the money to pressure wash. Right. You're selling a two hundred thousand dollar house. Break out the mop. I was like, you got a hose. I'll do that. (laughs) You know, city water. Fine. I just thought that was funny because everybody's got a, you know, family member who knows better than you do. Absolutely. And uh, I also that that goes back to what Brian talks about. Get all the decision makers in the room. Sure. Don't let the deal prevention team show up at the last minute. Like (laughs) you need to know. I'm really big on that intake meeting, yeah. like a formal meeting where we you are hiring me. Right. If you are not ready for me to help you move, then 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 we'll put you on the 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 the, the waiting list, right? Yeah. But we're not actually working yet. Right. I'm going to send you. We'll put you on a gateway. You'll look at it. Well, I'll check in. I'll continue to do the system. But when you sign the buyer brokerage agreement, right? That's when I'm going to work. Right. And not until then. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're like banging my head against the wall. You're not ready to move. You're telling me you're not ready to move. The other thing that I'm big on is when we go to look at houses, we're not going to look at houses. We're going to buy a house. So if you told me you don't like Cape Cods, we're not going to see any more of those. And we need to be willing to tell our clients, no. Yeah, you you remember when you said a half hour was too far away? (laughs) Like, this one is an hour. Right. 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 Why exactly? We're looking yeah, at probably waste your. I usually well, send mine out ahead of time. Oh, I do that. I'm like ride by it. Yeah. That was a bad example, but generally, if they told me they don't like something, yeah, I'm like, are you sure? That sort of thing. Because yeah. you'll get clients that are like, man, I just want to see it. It's in my neighborhood. Yeah, no, that no. no. We do eliminate <laughs> a lot just by sending them out ahead of time. Yeah, take a look. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you really feel. No, want to see it. Yeah. Come back. Location plays a big part of that too. So they're like, you know, this house looks good, but I'm not sure about the location. Like, go drive by at night, no, you know, see, you see if you could, you know, see yourself living there, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, a neighborhood plays so much into it, especially in the city. Mm-hmm. So we'll, you'll have a 1,500 square foot house. Well, it's a half a million dollars in Forest Hill, and it's 150 thousand in Sandston. Right. right. And it could be the same house, literally, board for board, same house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what he yeah. told us not to do. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I've done it before. That's <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's the examples. Uh, so what is your favorite quote? It doesn't have to be from an event, but I know you're a self-development people, so <laughs> what you got? I, my favorite quote has been my favorite quote for many years. It's, um, I believe it's Lincoln, and it says, good things may come to those who wait, but only the things left by those that hustle. Oh, I like that one. That yeah, one's I sharp. I love it because I think that it, it's my favorite part about this job. Like, the harder you work, the, the better off you are. Like, you just yeah. have to do the work. You just have to hustle. Yeah. And if you sit around and wait, I mean, it's not going to come. I mean, if something comes to you, it's not going to be as good as yeah. all the stuff that people that are out you there, you know, working, hustling to, you know, get that business. Yeah. All right. Well, we're not letting you ride off of your mom. <laughs> so let's go. <laughs> okay. Um, my favorite quote. I would say comes to mind. Um, 
It's a little bit of a longer one, but it was just saying that, like, sacrifices are necessary. Like, you can't gain anything without losing something first. But, like, if you can endure that um, and move on from it, then, like, you have um, a heart that can overcome anything. Um, and I just like that because, uh, you know, life is a lot about, like, choices. And everything you choose, there's also something that you're giving up um, in a way. Um, so if you're choosing something, you're also not choosing something else. Um, mm -hmm. So I just think that just kind of like if you can, you know, make, you know, hard decisions and, you know, be okay with the decisions that you've made. I mean, you can really just overcome any obstacle. I like that. I, I feel, I mean, that, that, that one really resonates with me because it's all long-term thinking, right? Right. It's like, yes, we're sacrificing in the short term. Right. To get to the long term. It's, it's kind of like everybody underestimates what we can do in one year or overestimates what we can do in one year and right. underestimates what we can do in 10. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's like if you can be okay with, you know, um, with that short-term sacrifice now, just imagine what it'll give you, um, you know, in those 10 years. You know, um, like what can you withhold on for now to gain it in abundance later? Sounds like something you've told a buyer. Yeah, that, it sounds like it reminds me of Dave Ramsey, like live like live today like others won't so you can live in the future like others can't. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Similar, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I tell clients that all the time. I'm like, yeah, if you can make that short-term payment, <laughs> you know, right. in a year or two, we'll be refinancing you'll have the house. Right. right. <laughs> no, like you know, it. like what can you, you know, withhold, like what can you sacrifice right now? I mean, if you can hold that, you know, you know, translating to real estate, but if you can hold down that mortgage price with that interest rate right now, in, you know, a year or two, with all the competition that there's going to be when the interest mm -hmm. rates fall down, like, you won't have that same house, that great house that you liked now, you know. Um, you would have, you know, 10 other people bidding on it, and it's not going to be as easy to win that house. And you you probably have to do an inspection, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because it's kind of the same thing, too. When we sit down with buyers, we ask them, like, what is your ideal dream house? Like, what mm -hmm. do you want? And then when you start with the budget and what we want versus what we could get, then you start, what are, we, what are we taking off this list? Like, what is not an absolute necessity? And the first step to getting that dream house might be buying this house that is not right. your dream house. This is not yeah. your forever home. This is your stepping stone. This is building wealth towards the next home. Right. Yeah. Which, which that is really, really big. That's huge. What is your biggest takeaway from an event, aside from meeting me in Nashville for you? <laughs> right. I mean, because I know that's probably really high. Yeah, it's definitely in my notebook. <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. Um, for me, um, I just think that, I mean, Brian Buffini, I mean, obviously, anytime I see him on a stage, I'm just like, wow. Like, he is pretty awesome dude. He's pretty, <laughs> he's a pretty awesome guy. Right, so I'm just like a little fangirl moment there. Um, just like the stuff he says normally always resonates with me. Um and then you just see the people, like the testimonials yeah. of the people who really like, I mean, I think that all of us here like have made it, but like the people who really like made it, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like have, you know, just taken it and just built, you know, just such an incredible, like almost like empire with, you know, the system and doing right by people, you know, like mm -hmm. they built a huge business in a good way and they're good people and they're honest people. And I think that that for me is like, just really inspiring to see because, you know, when you're younger, you know, sometimes you see, like, you know, harsh business people or mean people or, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah, but the who did you have to screw to get that? <laughs> right, right, exactly. But I feel like it just brought 
the Brian Buffini, um, the Buffini events, they just kind of, they make you feel a little warm and fuzzy, you know? Like, these are good people, you know? And they, good people with a lot of money that are doing good things with that money. And they're, you know, giving back to others and they're telling people how they did it with them, without having to screw anybody over, with, you know, being honest the whole way, with doing it by relationships. Like, they're not buying Zillow leads. They're just supporting the people that support them and they've built an empire off of it. So I think that, for me, is, like, one of the coolest things to see. I feel like the fan moment is so true. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> the I, first time she saw him live in person, I'm like, I was giggling because she was like, <laughs> I was like he's right there, he's really on stage. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, my wife has heard him and she makes fun of me about it, but she's really glad I do it because I pay a lot of bills. Oh, yeah. And uh, my, my total fanboy moment was because they said my name on stage. Right, Brian right. had to say my name. Your name? That's right. so, I would have cried. <laughs> I, like, like, seriously, it was right. like, how many times do we say his name? Right. And he had to say mine. Right. Oh, you did, Congratulations. We, we, we saw him before the event at the... Yeah, Nashville. The party the night before. Yeah. yeah. He's going to say my name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was such a nerd about That's it. That's so, oh, are you kidding? I would have peed my pants. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very, very surreal. Yeah, if you, had a, you worked hard for that. You know, you you put in a lot of work to get to that point. Like, that was so earned. And, you know, you followed the system. And, you know, I feel like you definitely deserve to be recognized. So I'm happy for you. I appreciate you being happy for me. <laughs> I was going to tell you, my my takeaway was actually one of the recent events. And I'm pretty sure it was Scottsdale Peak. Okay. And the first day we were there, he spoke a lot that morning about mm -hmm. authenticity. Yeah. And for some reason, it just really resonated with me. Because I think in this day and age of social media, like all you see is the perfect life and the perfect career and everyone puts their best foot forward. Yeah. And it's not always your true authentic self. Um, I think so often we try to be, we perceive ourselves, or we, we try to perceive, our, or perceive is not the word, I don't know. The you want to be perceived for. a certain way. We want to be perceived a certain way, but we want to show every everyday life in the best light, but it's not always that way. Mm -hmm. um, we go to these events, and then you end up, the first few times I went to some of the big peak events, it was very intimidating. It's very um, imposter syndrome. Like, this is the best of the best in the country. Like, why am I here? What am I doing here? But that, like, the imposter syndrome, and he touched on that at peak, yeah. which I thought that was really yeah. cool because we were all feeling it. Yeah. Because you went from, like, I'm a rock star, this is all me, and then the market tanked, and you were like, wait, that wasn't, yeah. maybe yeah. it wasn't me. Um, but I think that's cool. And we, my wife is, you know, also a personal development person, yeah. and she came back to me, and, and she rolls her eyes at a lot of what I say, because <laughs> I'm very deep into it, right. and she's has no choice. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, 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 I mean, she's taken to it some, too. And she came back, and she was like, imposter syndrome is like, it, it, it's like a sign that you're really intelligent and you're pushing. Yeah. Because if you weren't pushing, sure. if, you, if you didn't ever doubt yourself, mm -hmm. you're a narcissist, Yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Like, we're all going to go and be like, we just killed that. Can I do it again? I have no right. idea. Yeah, right. right. No, that makes a lot I of sense, though. I don't feel with, about it like um, that. With that event, it was just kind of taking a step back and thinking, okay, people just need to see who I am. Mm -hmm. like, I'm not, I don't need to be anyone else. I am who I am, faults and all. You know, people, they... They work with you because they know you, they like you, they trust you. But if they don't see your true authentic self, how can they really trust you? And when I just, not that I was ever trying to be somebody I wasn't, but I just took a step back and just said, I am who I am, hot, shitty mess or not, this is 
who my true authentic self is, and that little mind shift, I just had such a better outlook the whole time I was there. Um, I made better connections. Yeah. I just enjoyed my time. I learned more. And then I think that's carried over since we've been back and just in everything I do, even in, you know, putting videos out that you mm-hmm. take 20 times because you want them to be perfect. Now I'm just messing up and that's what I do, you know, yeah. and people, they laugh, they love it. Right. It was posted. And then honestly, the videos where you, you, you know? mess up and are your authentic self and you're like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. That's the I've stuff that gets the, the reactions, you know, they're Some like, I love it, but they, but it's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's what we all should be. Yeah, no, definitely. I would agree with that. If you had a superpower, what would it be? I do have a superpower. I can read people's minds. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm impressed. What am I thinking right now? <laughs> what the hell is she gonna say? <laughs> no, I know. Uh, what no, I, I, I just always, um, I can't read people's minds, but I'm very in tune with emotions mm-hmm. and like what's going on in a given situation, right? Like whether it's friends or family or buyers and sellers. You know, if you've got a seller that's getting a little anxious, mm-hmm. I can tell. I mean, I pick up on that. I try to change perspective and put things into terms that they're, you know, whatever's concerning them right then. So emotional intelligence. Yeah, maybe that's what it's called. Telepathy. <laughs> I actually don't want to read your mind. <laughs> you, you don't want in here. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, I think that would be a little scary, but yeah, definitely the emotional intelligence helps. Yeah. It just helps. A lot of situations, you know, because it is real estate. It does get tense sometimes. And I think it helps a lot to be able to help our clients through it, you know. Yeah, definitely. Get on their level. <laughs> All right, what's your power, Liv? All right, so I am a anime watcher. And there's this show called My Hero. And there's this girl in the show, and she has this superpower where she can create, like, any almost like inanimate object so like anything that's like not living mm-hmm. she just create with her hands just like on go like she could just make a chair or a hamburger or like which is, sounds really silly but um she could just make anything you know with like the palm of her hand um so like you would never be without you know uh, like let's say you're showing a house and uh you know they have gray granite countertops right or like you know they're like oh i don't like this paint color you're like well i don't have paint samples on me like let me just make some paint samples for you or you know i don't like this gray countertop well would you like this one or this one you know like you would just never right you just never um you know go without or if you like you know see a homeless person you're like oh crap like i don't have anything in my car i don't have you know any water bottles or food or anything like that like you would just always, you know, be prepared and just be able to make anything at your fingertips, which Aww. is pretty, pretty neat, I think, you know? I'll give you that. All right. All right. I like it. Yeah. Let's, uh, so I know you guys have a ton to do, and, and frankly, we have a lunch reservation. All so, right. You know, we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> uh, so tell everybody where they can find you and what market you serve. So we are based out of Yorktown, Virginia, um, but we serve the seven cities right there. So it's called Hampton Roads, mm-hmm. Peninsula, Newport News, Hampton, Yorktown, Norfolk, Virginia Beach, Chesapeake, Suffolk, Williamsburg. We kind of cover the whole coastal southeastern Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Um, we are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. Um, everything is Lee Barefoot, Live Barefoot, or Lee Barefoot Team. Yeah, so we are the Lee Barefoot Team, and my Instagram is going to be Live Barefoot Realtor. Hers is Lee Barefoot Realtor. Yeah. And then on Facebook is the Lee Barefoot team. Very cool. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this. Thanks for having us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I had a great time.
Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to apply this information to your business immediately. This message will not self-destruct in five seconds. Good luck, agents.